to another wonderful episode of Creationship Goals, my favorite title in the world because I made it up. Today we have with David Dion the incredibly fabulous, handsome, beautiful hair, Mr. Luke Charles Stafford. How are you? Mm. I'm great, guys. Uh, <laughs> that's a great title, Creationship Goals. I asked these guys, uh, so is Creationship Goals the name of the podcast, the episode? And they go, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we, we don't know what the episode is going to be called. Usually I've been titling the episodes uh, like three things that are the highlight of each of the topics that we talk about and um we we really want to dive into some heavy things with you because luke you got such a great story of where you are what you've overcome what you've experienced uh and one of those big just getting right into it one of those big things big things that we really wanted to talk about was failure and the importance of failure as an artist uh real quick for me failure is is honestly becoming one of my favorite things. I absolutely love everything that failure teaches me. I love everything that I've learned from failure. Mm. I love that it has sculpted me almost more than anything in the world just as an artist because uh, I've, I've fallen hard a lot and have hit rock bottom. And I just wanted to know Real, real quick, just, just real briefly, what, what failure means to you? Actually, before we do that, I'd like you to introduce yourself. <laughs> I got right into it. Um, yeah, real quick, introduce yourself, and then we'll get into that topic. Yeah, well, uh, Josh, thanks, brother. I, uh, he's right. My name's uh, Lucas Charles Stafford. I live here in Los Angeles, uh, born and bred in Indianapolis, Indiana, small town, Anderson, Indiana. Um, currently I act and sing full time, um, and own a life coaching business called FMP or find my purpose life coaching. Um, but Josh is right. Um, there have been some really key failures in my life. So to just answer your question directly, man, um, failure is, much more potent. It's a potency versus success. Successes without failures. Well, what do those mean? We don't, we don't hope in the things that we have. We hope in the things that we don't have. So failure is the greatest tool, the greatest agent to really learn what it means to matter. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, I can be as emphatic as I want, but in my experiences, my failures didn't just teach me how to do my craft better or how to approach a logistic uh, with my schedule or how to approach a lifted palette or a monologue. It wasn't about that. It taught me a greater sense of who I am as a man, uh, as a person. And it really, it taught me, each one gave me a much better lesson on, well, what the hell do I care about? Who do I want to be? What do I want to stand for? Mm. Because at the end of the day, if we're going to suffer, we might as well suffer for what's worth suffering for. You're going to suffer no matter what, whatever you do. If you're an English teacher in Iowa, I would support you. I would paint my chest and be the first one to root you on. But if you are going to suffer no matter what you do, 
you might as well do it for what's worthwhile. And I can tell you that failure has taught me, I say potency, because it's potent purpose. Mm. It teaches me what do I want to do and why, and why is it bigger than me? And that thing, I'll, I'll wrap, I can go on forever. My, that thought, I would say, has also taught me that it's not, have you ever tried to push a rock up a hill or something like that? Purpose sure. is, a, is a type of energy that pulls you up the hill as opposed to you pushing so hard. And failure has taught me who that is and what do I stand for. I hope that makes sense. That's mm-hmm. great. It makes perfect sense. Uh, so a lot of people say like when you want to be uh, in, uh, when you want to have a good life, you know, you just need to be lucky. Uh, you need to have the, the nice, the, the good moments that are just, you know, on someone's doorstep and someone's like, they don't have that. And, you just don't have failures at all. You know, you're just lucky. You have the right contacts, right people. What do you think of that? Um, I think that there's a difference between luck and faith. Um, Hmm. Faith is saying, well, I believe and I have hope. So I'm going to move forward anyway, even though this sucks, (laughs) I'm going to move forward anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, Luck, I really believe is, the truth behind that is that's really just faith coming to reality. You know, your greatest, re- your greatest resource mm-hmm. is your relationships. So everything that comes to you is going to come through a person. Mm-hmm. So you might as well learn to ha- relate mm-hmm. to yourself before you do anything else, because it's really important that, you know, we have buzzwords nowadays like authenticity. Um, and really the message mm-hmm. behind that, we can over-sexualize that a bit, but the, 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 point behind that and why it's so popular is in a world of fake how can you cut through the noise and be true and so when you say luck i think mm-hmm. when it comes to success and the, mo- the moments where my failures have turned to success in my life luck was really faith mm-hmm. um you know it, mm-hmm. it was uh so really if i had to be blunt and put this on a cliff note i really think it's not luck i don't think there's really a such thing as luck mm-hmm. I think it's uh, character and craft. If you can focus on your character and let God worry about your reputation, you're going to be free. And you're going to stop trying to prove yourself to other people through your craft. Or, or this is a good one. This is a whole, pocket, whole other podcast. Or the craft you think that other people want you to do. Now, I did that for years. <laughs> and didn't figure that one out until my mid-20s. Um so anyway, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> I yeah yeah it does. I think it's a good foundation when we talk about things like failure. It's just you know when you do transition out of that, like where does that come from? And uh, I think it's just a real big foundation question when we talk yeah. about rest. Um, you know, um, because otherwise we can listen to this in the wrong daylight. And I think it's just really important to have that mindset. That's yeah. great. I really like what you said about feeling like you have to prove something when you're not living in purpose you really are are fighting to have your identity found in what you do and i know i'm so guilty of that i know i'm so guilty of pushing Mm -hmm. that rock uphill just to show people that i i am enough um there's almost a selfish side of me that wants to um, prove to like people I went to high school with or uh, 
you just grew up with to show them like now that kid that didn't really know who he was now is secure in himself and is living out his best life and is wants to show you that he's he's better than that wants to show you hmm. that that he's more than that but really that's that doesn't really get you anywhere and and that's just speaking from my experience but talk a little about yeah. a little bit about like trying to prove yourself talk a little bit about like that that chase that i yeah. i personally know doesn't really go anywhere yeah oh there's so many examples um well when i was uh when i was in middle school um i was overweight um i was uh bulimic at one point i lost a bunch of weight and then uh in the summer i lost about 60 pounds going into high school and that turned into bulimia mm. because uh before that i i had one of those stories uh personally i was bullied and and picked on for my weight um and on top of that to throw in a little extra sauce um i knew that i had deep desires um to act, to sing, to do, to play multiple instruments, to kind of re renaissance it up, so to speak. And uh, <laughs> I had great friends who were phenomenal singers. And I auditioned for my first musical and got a little role. And my first time to sing in front of everybody came up and it was kind of like, oh, Luke is singing. And I was, you know, this is sixth grade. Um, and I come up to the line, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. Still at this point, chunky, overweight. Um, and I just yelled the notes. <laughs> I was so nervous. I yelled. Well, um, that turned into, I was encouraged after that, uh, to not sing. I was told not to do any of those things. And specifically I was told that I was tone deaf. Um, and years later I found myself on Broadway singing. So, mm -hmm. But that did some serious damage to go from that moment, middle school, to 23. That's That was 10 years later, right? So I set out on a massive journey after, after that. That's what led to the bulimia. That's what led to the weight loss. Um, I started playing the saxophone because I heard it was the closest instrument to the human voice. And I had a natural knack for that. I never practiced unless I needed to. Um, but really I played ironically the way that I would sing. I would, I just poured, it was like tofu instead of steak for me. Love it, but it just wasn't quite a thing. Um, and it wasn't till I actually got to Broadway and sang on my first show. I, I couldn't tell what was going on. All this, all these years of damage, all these years of trying to prove myself to that moment to the weight loss. I, by the way, I gained all that weight back. Met God and redid it all. And then I started fitness training a couple years later. And I've, I've maintained a good weight and a good physique and good health for about 10 years after learning what it means to take care of my body from a place of appreciation before there's a six pack. Because then it's not about the six pack anymore. Mm. The six pack is a byproduct. Anyway, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> uh, we'll do a fitness one. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, anywho, um, 
but yeah, so, and in many ways, that was a, a, a just a narrative of those things mixed in that led me to set out, I had to prove it. And um, to wrap that story up, I walked off stage after my first show singing, and I just, I had this crazy dream that night, and I, I bawled my eyes out, and I couldn't figure out what it was. Like, why am I so emotional about this? Because I realized that when I sang in that show, it wasn't for anyone. There was something about it that was inspired me. And I, all I wanted was for that to inspire the people. So it got, it became less egotistic. It became less narcissistic. It became more rooted in truth. And thus began my journey going into full-time acting and singing after that. So anyway, hope that gives you a good example. <laughs> yeah, that's powerful. It It's funny, we can reach the top and finally achieve that dream. We can finally get everything yeah. that we wanted mm-hmm. and realize it's empty and mm-hmm. worthless. Uh yeah, because it it ultimately does doesn't mean anything. It, it's not mm-hmm. who we are. We we put all of our identity into this thing, and when we get it, and we have it. Then we have nothing after that. I, yeah, we 100%. we chase after these things, and for some reason, we want it so bad. We want to prove something so bad. We want to prove that we're enough. And we are fueled by all of these emotions from our Hmm. past. Um, what, What is the thing that really healed you? And I know we can talk about like the spiritual things that healed you, but, but, um, Sure. Maybe just on, on a more practical level, what what is something that really grounded you and healed you and, and brought you back to reality and, and put you toward your purpose? It's a couple things. Um, number one, uh, have I have I ever talked to you, Josh, about the difference the difference between happiness and joy? Um Matthew McConaughey yeah, yeah. somewhat talks about this, but he says it really well. And he talks about happiness is fleeting. Happiness is result reliant. Happiness is I mow the lawn and it's cut and it looks good and you think it looks good. Happiness is based upon the opinion of another person. Happiness is based upon I put in my chips, I get my gumball. Joy, though, joy is a different thing. Joy is visceral. Joy is in the doing of the deed. It's in the mowing of the lawn. It's in the writing of the song. It's in the making of the movie. Not whether the movie is a box office success. If you can seek joy, Mm -hmm. then you can start to find out where your purpose usually is. And purpose usually is right underneath a blanket called pain, which leads me to the second point. So seek joy over happiness. And enjoy, that's been a very huge practical in my life that I wouldn't have been able to say a few years ago. But how I got there was by going backward and looking at my pain. Looking at the things that I cared about Mm -hmm. if the lights were off and the camera was off. 
I love it when I see other people step into their purpose, when I see other people, and if my life inspires them in some way because I grabbed the microphone, because I did that movie, because I made them eggs and steak, which if you don't know, I love cooking food for people, come to the house. I'll have some bourbon and some scotch for you. (laughs) But my point is, pain is a beautiful, it's an awesome opportunity to find purpose. And seeing what you care about beyond uh, persona or public opinion. And so that was a humongous practical. So I would encourage you, for anyone who's listening, practically seek joy over happiness and go find joy by looking at your pain and finding your purpose. Because it's going to be bigger than you. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, that was super easy, super super practical, not easy. Um, And it's what's led me to do, Mm -hmm. to be here. And, and what I do. So when failure comes, as it has many times, it's kind of the, if your why is bigger than yourself, that is so potent and so powerful and it'll give you the fuel to get back up. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I got brought up with the idea of like, you know, don't, find work that you enjoy but just find the joy in the things that you do there's difference in that um um, because in the end it doesn't matter where we go you know or what we in the end really do it's the joy that we're really focusing on that we are trying to follow you know so even when you're you never wanted to be a cleaner but you are having a cleaning job right now (laughs) You know, or uh, you are stuck in your home yeah. because you are in quarantine for the sixth time in the same month. Um, it has nothing to do with you being free or not. It has everything to do with you finding joy in the situation you're in. Uh, and that's beautiful because that does make you really look at the pain that you're going through. You know, the things that seem impossible right now, the things that you felt like you wanted but are not there, the things that you feel like are you were rejected in. Um, they're all a part of that. And one of the things that I would love to just go deeper in is, you know, uh, your story before you actually, you know, in the beginning when you got to Broadway, um, um, because I think that that's a real beautiful, uh, yeah, part of how you're talking about, you know, just being in joy and, and trusting and uh, having that faith. Um, yeah, maybe it's something, the story that you can tell for yourself. Um, um, yeah. And I want to say too, like, even if you're listening, you don't know these guys, uh, the courage and the balls that it takes to do a podcast, you don't, to do something, there's no guarantee of success. So if you do it anyway, there's a reason why people say starting is half the battle, dude, being and believing is most of the battle. The fact that y'all are doing this and, and creating a platform and a place for people to learn creationship. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I mean, use these guys as, as an example. Um, and I just, I just think it's super powerful. Um, so yeah, well, when, before, before Broadway and going into Broadway, going back to some of that, um, I can say I, I was a worship leader in Indiana before that, when I was there finishing up college. 
out of out a small black church. And let me tell you, I stuck out like a sore thumb. I couldn't have stuck out more. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I stuck out big time. And uh, that's where I learned. That's when I first started learning to sing and play piano and do all those kinds of things, even though I was really too afraid to put it all out there, you know. But I learned how to sing runs before I learned how to walk. <laughs> so I think that I, I, I revere that time. Coming out of that period, I was dating a girl at the time, and a church offered me a full-time music pastorship, but I knew that my heart wasn't in pastoring. It was in pop, pop culture. <laughs> but I was way too shy and insecure to admit that it was acting, singing, songwriting, uh, life coaching, um, production. There's a long list of things. It was just, it felt, it felt like conceit. So I hit it all inside, but the time came to make a choice. Uh, I was coming out of college and my parents moved. Uh, I was 23. Um, and I knew if I'm going to move and give something, if I'm going to shoot a shot, it's now or never. I'm in my early twenties. It's time. Right. Mm. And something in me, and this is what I wanted to get to. I think this is really, really powerful. Something in me felt like it was going to die, and I would be the one to kill it. Something inside of me, at the time it was purpose. I didn't really know, but if I did not shoot my shot, even though at the time I didn't really know what the shot was, but I always really, you always kind of know. It's really, it's in there, right? Anyway. Mm-hmm. If you're going to die tomorrow, what would you do with today? Think about that. And so I did, and I lost everything. I lost my relationship, lost my relationships back home, uprooted everything. Um, I was going to go to Nashville. L.A. was on my heart. Nashville was safer. It was closer to home. Easier, it seemed, to you know make a courageous leap. And then an opportunity to house sit in L.A. came, and I took that opportunity. And started a crazy journey when I got here. I hit the ground running. I started, I was going to churches every Sunday. I was, you know, just every day I was driving to uh, Long Beach and just meeting people. Meanwhile, my finances were fading. Mm-hmm. Um, and then right before I ran out of finances, this is where faith, this is where that luck thing comes into play. I'm thinking, what? Mm-hmm. You know, fear anguish, pain, the relationship I lost at the time was breaking my heart. Um, my reputation back home seemed to start to be going down the tr- down the, the drain. Um, and I was thinking, what am I doing and for what? And then that's when you got to have faith. Um, that turned around. I knew I did all the math. Come November 1, I was working. I was actually touring with a, a band off and on. I was leading worship at different churches every single Sunday. I was doing it, man. Um, but I couldn't pay rent. It was just starting to stack up. November 1st was going to be when I was going to be completely out of cash and I was going to have to throw in some kind of white towel. And rolls around. Lo and behold, I get a phone call top of October to start a job on Broadway, which at the time was like, what? Um Starting, <laughs> starting, uh, starting November first. November one was the start date, hmm. and so with, mm-hmm. I had fifteen dollars left. 
<laughs> with $15 left, <laughs> I moved to New York and took that job. And in that job, I, <laughs> this is so dramatic, but it's true. I went homeless while I was out there. And while I was homeless, um, I had that experience singing on stage. And that is how God broke me in half, broke me down got me out of my comfort zone from what was going to be a cozy worship pastorship, probably a marriage, but a lack of purpose. So don't you think, sweetheart, that you're going to get into this thing and not get hurt. You chase after purpose and there will be pain along the way. But that pain will be so worth it. It'll be so worth it. It'll feel, mm. embrace the suck. David Goggins talks about that. I can't tell you how there's truth to that. <laughs> you know? And so that was my journey from leaving Indiana and getting to Broadway. And Broadway was really a time that awoke me to mm-hmm. who I truly am. That was a few years ago now. Oh. So, Because if to go in that a bit deeper as well, like how was that for you to be, you know, because for a lot of people listening, being on a stage in Broadway, uh, on Broadway is amazing yeah i mean i'm listening to it and i'm like holy cow that's amazing <laughs> you know that's a slight dream and so you know and then saying that uh, at the same time being homeless how was that for you how did you go through that uh, what was your thought process yeah. um it was actually really exciting <laughs> i know that sounds almost not true <laughs> but it is i i had come so far that i knew i was going to make it Um, and the show is getting ready to end and picking up a lease at the time wasn't feasible. Um, there were no places that I could get into and we only had a few weeks left. So really, if we're going to break this down, I just want to say my homeless experience was difficult and the things I'll share were difficult, but there are folks out there right now as we talk who've been homeless for two years and have a grocery bag and a golf cart or a, a grocery cart to their name, some less. So I just want to preface that my experience was really difficult. It really was. But there's always more to learn from your experience. And so I just want to honor that mm-hmm. to the homeless community and mm-hmm. what we can do to help. Um, mm-hmm. The place I was staying, wow. I, had so, I had some pretty heavy college debt, so I decided to stay with a, a host And a crisis struck uh, in her world, and with 12 hours notice, I had to move out. It was 12 degrees. Um, and so I started, I oh, and, and to add even more stress, I had two young men who knew me in college who flew out to come see the show. Um, two guys I mentored to a degree in, in college, peer mentored. They came to see the show, and they flew in the day that I lost my place. So, um, and uh, so we jumped from floor to floor. I would sneak into the theater and sleep, um, and use the sink to wash my hair, wash my face, and I would just lie about it. I didn't. I did not want the cast to know um, because at the time I didn't want. It was that same mindset we talked about their opinion of me mattered deeply i didn't want them to think less of me um and i didn't want them i didn't want to bring any drama to an opportunity like this um and so i was doing that jumping from floor to floor and then eventually you know the floors only last so long they they left 
I would go to the theater, do all that, do the show, sleep on a floor, and then eventually for two about two weeks' time, I slept on a bench um, on the subway. And then I sang my first show. Um, that experience, though, it was like stumbling forward. Every time I needed something, it would always just show up at the last minute or it would just what I needed. Just enough sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually my director, he started getting wind of it. And he's like, do I need to be worried about you? And so after about three and a half weeks of this, um, I got a phone call and I got offered to house sit <laughs> a multi-million dollar penthouse for two weeks. <laughs> and I didn't know. I didn't know I, at the time. So the show was supposed to end. We were losing. Uh, the show was going to end early. Um, so I thought, okay, I'll just last these two weeks. And that turned into almost four, like I said. And I'm like, oh, crap. You know, I, I, I got to figure something out. I need to shave. I smell like a toenail. I mean, it was, it was like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I even snuck into uh, a couple gyms. I, I would fall pe- follow people in and sneak into a Planet Fitness or something and shower whenever I could. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I would – whatever I could do. Anyway, they call me. They offer me this – I didn't know it was a penthouse. So I go to this suite. I get there. Or excuse me. Let's back up one step. I'm on my way there. I get on the F train. I'm trying to save some money because I had used a lot of my money to take care of those two guys that came. If I could go back, this would look so different I would, if I would have just asked for help. See, a performance mindset will also do that to you. A performer's mindset will also scream loneliness, that you can't get help. This could have been a lot easier had I sought out help and known that I was loved and appreciated mm. and not having something to prove. Anyway, and I get on the, the subway. I have, these, I have all these bags and luggage. My hair is long. I need to shave. I smell... I throw my bag over the rail, not caring what people think at this point. It hits the ground. It bursts open. All my clothes. It's a broken bag. F train, December like 21st, uh, right around Christmas. And I rush around the corner. My, my jacket's torn up. And I'm like throwing all this stuff into this bag. And a homeless man comes up to me. And he puts his hand on my shoulder and he goes... It's going to be okay, brother. And he helps me load up my bag and he walks away. Hmm. I'll never forget that. That someone with less was helping someone with more. So anyway, um, I get to the penthouse. Don't know it's a penthouse. I walk in. They think, surely this can't be. (laughs) This can't be him. But my name checks out. They're like looking at me. They give me the key. I get in and as I'm going up, I realize, oh my gosh, it just keeps going higher. I get off the elevator. I open the door. And I, my knees just hit the ground. And I, 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 start, uh, I start crying because it, just, it was overlooking the entire city of Manhattan. And so mm. – and in the middle of the apartment was a piano. And a piano is a, mm. piano is a love language to me. <laughs> So, anyway, that was a little bit of my journey with that. <laughs> wow, that made me that made me emotional. Uh, yes, uh, 
It's uh, I've heard that story before, and it, it's such an incredible story of perseverance. There's so many moments where you could have just given up and you kept going. That's really, really commendable, and I understand mm. that. I mean, if I can be a little vulnerable, which I like to, and I haven't really shared enough of my story on this podcast, I've I've yeah. been going through it. 2020 for me hit hit extremely hard, uh, like it did for most people. It was the hardest year of my life, and I'm still kind of going through yeah. it. Uh, it just like depression hit it all low, and it just the one the one thing that kept me going was my stubborn persistence to just keep fighting <laughs> and chasing. Uh, that thing that you said, that thing that I think will die if I don't keep chasing. And I think that thing is my purpose. Mm. And because and the reason that I say that is because I believe it's really pulling me. It's actually pulling me. I'm actually mm. not really pushing for anything. Mm. But something, something that's just come up in my life personally is... Um, something that goes hand in hand with persistence. And this is something I'm working on and it doesn't come as easy. And I don't think this comes easy to anyone. And that's, and that's hard work. I'm going to talk about hard work, hard uh, work to get to where you want to be. I mean, there, there's faith yeah. and there's, yeah. uh, uh, which, which I, Going back to what he said, I also don't believe in luck. Uh, I, I do believe in faith. Um, but I, I do believe that God and the world both see hard work. I think the people that gave you that house, to some degree, maybe saw hard work. I think the people that you live with see someone that works hard. I think... The world sees a hard worker and and personally speaking that's someone that's someone i strive to be i want to be a hard worker mm. uh because i want <laughs> i i want what i want because it's my purpose um mm. i don't want it to come from arrogance uh i think that's something i'm working on i don't want it to come from a prideful place it can really easy come from there but um Something that frees me from pride is hard work. So talk about your relationship with that and your, uh, what does hard work mean to you? My grandfather, he's my middle name, Charles, Charlie. He used to say, a man's character is defined by what he'll do behind the shadows in his backyard before it's on a stage with a spotlight. And that is so true. Um, I can't emphasize enough how in my own life, it's really the ones who win are the ones who keep getting back up and throw another punch. You know, Rocky had it right. When he said, it's not how hard you can get hit, it's how hard you can, or how hard you can hit, it's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. I can't tell you how much that's been all over my life. Um, working hard, one of the first jobs I had was uh, uh, a groundskeeper at a cemetery. 
hot summer days, 95 degrees in the middle of Indiana. We had to wear jeans to protect our legs from the machines. Mm. Got paid minimum wage for that. But when you spend eight hours of your day moving heavy rocks, doing landscaping and <laughs> digging holes, I often make some jokes like it was a killer job. Definitely wasn't a dead end job. <laughs> you know, people were dying for that job. Um, anyway, <laughs> but uh, it taught me a lot. And so, my point with this is there's a narrative across my life of, and the men that I admire are the ones who do that and don't lose their character, don't lose their integrity, don't lose their meekness. Those who, who, don't lose their purpose. Those who men like Dr. King and Abraham Lincoln, mm. men like my grandfather, men like my favorite superhero is Superman for good reason. He, mm -hmm. He's my favorite because he's the kind of person, what makes him super when his story is told well is that it's who he is without the powers that makes him great. And what he does not do with his power. He has all the power. I admire the guy who's got it. He's worked his butt off to have the craft, but leads with his character. And so working hard, I mean, dude, everything. Uh, the projects I'm doing later this year have just been from three solid years of working on my voice and working on my craft. Um, physical fitness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Once you once you fix this stuff up here, and once you start engaging this, this becomes clockwork. But you got to go do the reps. You know what I mean? Um, before you date someone, date yourself, baby. Because most people spend their life dating other people; they often seldom date themselves. Mm -hmm. Know who you are. Do the reps. Do the hard work. Because ultimately, you don't want anything to rob you of your purpose. Or steal your soul. What is it to have the whole world but lose your soul? So don't hesitate to get your hands dirty. Don't hesitate to get your hands wet. Don't hesitate to get grease on your hands. And as you go along, make sure to set aside ego as you get good. Anyway. Okay, that, then that let, let me ask you that. Uh, yeah. Oh, like and subscribe. Uh, what for someone if they uh, where do they where does someone start with that? What if someone has the same dream, um, like we all do? Hopefully, the people uh, our audience is people that are creative that have big dreams. David and I have big dreams, um, mm -hmm. but like. When it comes to hard work, when it comes to facing failure, facing rejection, uh, as we will definitely expect because we have chose a life uh, that's in the spotlight and that's going to be, I, I know that's going to be a bigger uphill battle <laughs> than someone who chose yeah. to be a worship leader in Indiana. Um <laughs> Uh, for me, uh, I left. You're a worship leader in Indiana. Congratulations. I, yes. <laughs> yes. I wasn't waiting yes. for that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No. That church that I said no, no to is listening. 
I apologize. It was. I hope you found someone. <laughs> no, th- thank you for catching that. Actually, because there is a lot of uh, purpose and there is a lot of beauty in choosing that life. But you're also um, right. It's a different. It's a different type of battle. It's, and it's heavy. It's uh, yeah. It's a different heavy burden that um, mm-hmm. comes with a lot of questioning identity and uh, a, a yeah, lot of the things that you said. So yeah. where does somebody start? You know, they, they come here and uh, they have no money. They, they don't know where to work. They, they don't know what to do. They're, they're figuring out themselves. They, they can't pay their rent. They, they got scoot. They have student debt. They're paying off where, where do you start? Like, where do you start? Because as you said, starting is 50% of the battle. Where do you start to just, just go as hard as you can? Uh, Habakkuk talks about vision, read it, heed it kind of stuff. Go ahead and decide now what kind of, I'm going to use the words, what kind of man you want to grow up to be. That applies to what kind of person, what kind of woman, what kind of leader, what kind of follower. Go ahead and make that choice now and dig your feet in the sand. And then as vision comes, start moving your feet. Okay? Start moving your feet and stay true to that first choice you made. Because if you're, at one point when I was in LA, I was doing touring and I was a paddleboard instructor. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. that was before the Broadway thing or any of that other stuff and uh, hard work comes when you know your value and the values of others so it starts with vision it starts with belief before vision decide and dig your feet in the sand and then establish vision If you could stand for one thing in your life, what would you stand for? If you gave yourself permission, what would you do? If nothing else mattered, what would you do? And then start asking yourself the questions, why? Do that work and then start moving your feet forward. Because the rest of it will start to become more and more clear as you go. You don't have to have the whole thing figured out from top to bottom. But if you've got a dream inside of you, ask God to show you where's the vision. Dreams are great. Visions are greater. And goals are the things that get dreams and visions to reality. Because then faith, see, if you're a believer, you have faith. Faith is in the hope of things unseen. Faith is in the hope of things unseen. So here's what I mean by that. This is where we can really screw this up in the church. And if, if you know me, I like doing a lot of stuff that's the church, not, that's not in the church that's out there. Like the worship nights we do, Josh, or stuff like that. It's, it's not in the church building, it's out there. And so what I mean by all this is if it's not the thing, like, so what if I get out there? What if I put everything I have into it? What if I take the first 10 steps and I go, you know what? It's not to sing or you know what? It's not to be an English teacher in Iowa. Or you know what? It's not. If it's not the thing, it'll be the thing that leads to the thing. 
Because if you stay true to the thing that you dug your feet in the sand on, step one is decide who you want to be and dig your feet in the sand. The relationships that you make along the way, seeking this thing right here, you'll discover somewhere in there, wait a minute, it's not singing, it's producing. See what I just did there? But you don't see that back here. So decide who you want to be because ultimately people work with relationships. People work with people that they trust. And then I just want to encourage you to that hard work, work on that craft. Spend endless hours, consistent hours, learning, getting lessons, whatever you need to do to work on your craft, whatever that is. Give it everything you got. Throw your whole weight at it. Very few people have ever thrown their whole weight at something. So anyway, <laughs> but yeah. um, and then again, I just want to encourage you before fear starts to take over faith. Faith is more potent. Uh, your belief systems mm-hmm. are going to be the things that get you where you're going. And your willingness to turn that into action. Okay. God gives you raw elements. He gives you trees. You turn them to tables and chairs. Where are your raw elements? Mm-hmm. And start moving your feet. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's good. Yeah, I, I think, you know, to sum that all up, like there is this, it's really it's really easy to feel like, you know, when, when we believe that something is for us, then it will all fly towards us. Like we don't, you know, we don't have to do any effort for it whatsoever, you know. Oh, just come to me. No, but I, it's my calling. I am made to be a musician, so I don't have to do mm-hmm. anything. I will, I will just get a guitar even, you know, and it's not how that works. I mean, God does give a guitar if you need one in order to do your calling. I, I do believe that. But uh, at the same time, it's you that needs to play that guitar uh, and you need to learn the chords. If you want to sing, you need to go and sing. Yeah, so man. You know, and. Uh, God doesn't give golden throats, you know, to, uh, you know, to people that, uh, that don't do anything, you know, he will bless what we do. He will bless what we work on. But I, for me anyway, in, in my life, anyway, there is this part of like, uh, wanting to, I, I'm a real enthusiastic person. I want to do everything, you know, mm-hmm. I'm the, the type of creative person that like, I make art, I do music, you know, if I ever got to do a role within a movie, I would do it. <laughs> you know, I would go for anything. And so, and it, there is this part of like also realizing even in that, like, okay, there is that, that's something that God gave. That's a part of it. But having focus. I was going to say that. Yeah. Is so important because, you know, and it doesn't even yeah. m- mean that you need to shove away everything else but it's just like okay what's the thing that drives you for me instance for instance i uh, study visual arts i'm going to finish my last year this september and um at the same time music is my number one like it's my primary form of inspiration right now um does that mean that I should not focus on my art? No, no, that does not mean that. It means that my, my art should be my focus for the next year because I am finishing a, an education. But if I sh- throw away my primary form of inspiration, then I'm messing up the entire idea of how I'm made to be. And so I think that there is some tactical decisions that we need to make, you know, being consistent, following the things that drive us mm-hmm. and getting to that point that God wants to get us to. 
I think is so important. And uh, even if that means that maybe your most, your biggest inspiration is working in a supermarket. If that's the thing that drives you in order to get to your calling, uh, don't throw that away yeah. because you are a musician. Uh, there is such a big part of that. Yeah, you know? you're really, um, that's in a way really how it's for something. my life. You're really touching on something. Um, when you know who you are and why you want to do what you do, you don't hesitate to do things you need to do. And if that's working at a supermarket to pay your bills so you can go get vocal lessons. I mean, we're using art a lot, but I just want to make sure it doesn't need to be an art if you're listening to this. Um, and I would also say, too, uh, consistency. It's consistency that causes craft to, to be carved. Hmm. And really, you said something else that was brilliant. Um, and that was talking about focus. Something, a really hard lesson I had to have because vision number one, establish vision. I would even encourage, like based on what you said, you want to do it all, to zoom out. Look at your life this way. Don't look at it this way. Look at it this way. The arc of your life. Your funeral comes. What kind of person do you want them to say that you were? And then look at what you want to do. You want to act. You want to do a podcast. You want to da, 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 da. prioritize that and let vision let vision come. Mm-hmm. Habakkuk says it will come. When purpose is attached, vision comes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and when vision comes, you can look at it and go, you can go, you know what? I'm going to focus here. That's when we get into branding. All right. That's a whole other topic. But I've learned the hard lesson of doing it wrong for a long time. If I focus on my acting and my singing, if I give that my whole weight, okay? There's a production company that I started two years ago, and I realized, wait a minute. This is a great idea. And I'm, I really want to do that. I'm going to put that over here for another time. So I bought the name. I have the name. Ain't nobody going to take my name. <laughs> but I'll do that later. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I play saxophone. I play piano. I do some other things. I used, to pl- I used to get hired to play those instruments. I used to get hired to model and do all that. I very seldom take that work. Because I am throwing my whole weight at acting and singing. I know that mm. I'll go on tour, which looks like we're doing here in the fall. And I'll play my instruments and bring all that back in. There's a time and a place for everything. You know? I And then mm-hmm. look at who you admire. Mm-hmm. Who do you look up to? Who has a career similar, to similar, not the same? Because no one will be... No one... God is the most brilliant being ever. He has never made another you, nor will he ever make another you. It's your turn with the mic, so don't drop it. It's your time. You're alive. If you're alive, it means God is not finished with you yet. And it's your generation with the mic, so don't drop it. So if you can focus on what is the focus and lean into that, be the person as best you can, that you agreed to be in the very beginning, then all thing, mm-hmm. one thing, as it finds success, will give you the permission to do all these other things. That's a hard lesson I've had to learn because mm-hmm. for a while I just threw my darts at everything. You know what I mean? Um, so, mm-hmm. anyway. <laughs> wow. Well, Luke. <laughs>
This is incredible. Um, this, oh, this podcast is really uh, making me emotional and excited, Vallejo. I, I, yeah, I, I want to come over and keep keep talking with you about this because I love every conversation so I had silly. with you, and you just set such a good example of uh, hmm. of the messenger of of Jesus. You you mm-hmm. know how to be a messenger because. <laughs> You, you put in the work and you put in the faith and and i i i strive to to not 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 in a comparison way but to to have that work ethic and to really work like that and for me for mm. me this this podcast was the first step this podcast was the first step towards healing yeah. for me and going toward that vision that I have and that I'm chasing and mm-hmm. that I will not let burn out. I, I won't That's under cool. any circumstances. I'm so excited for the future. Um, I'm just dating <laughs> myself right now and we're going to go from there. Um, really quick. I want to honor your time because we got to wrap it up, but uh, we like to end with a little fun question. I'm sorry, David, we forgot to talk about this before. So I was, <laughs> I was already looking yeah. at it as well, trying to find one. <laughs> uh, I, I thought it'd be funny to just because um, we have this super deep conversation. We just love to end it with a really funny question. Uh, okay, I just picked this Brilliant. one. What used to be considered trashy, but is now considered very classy? I know, I know. <laughs> exactly the one I picked. <laughs> what used to be considered trashy, in your opinion, but is now considered very classy? Do you mean in my own life or like in <laughs> uh, in general and in your life? Just go for it. Oh man! Woo! Short shorts for men are coming back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's weird. No. <laughs> um, actually, you know, for me, um, I grew up learning learning that riding a motorcycle, smoking, smoking. Um, things like that, uh, smoking a pipe, um, kind of an old school shtick was a trashy thing to do. And I ride a motorcycle and smoke a pipe. So <laughs> I don't think do that. <laughs> no. you make him look classy. Wow. All right, Luke, uh, where can the people find you? What are you working on? Oh yeah, there it is. Oh, wow. Look at that, man. The only person I know in my life who does that is my father. (laughs) (laughs) So that says a lot. Well, Well, have a good time. I've got a flask. (laughs) I use an old school mic. Uh, Oh, he would love that. I love that that about you. Thanks, man. Uh, mm. So, where where can the people find you? What are you working on? We like to, oh yeah, you know, make sure the artist is plugged and. No, nah, that's sweet. Yeah, you can find me just about anywhere under my full name is my handle, Lucas Charles Stafford, with a K. Um, and uh, hmm. right now, um, I'm working on a couple films are coming up later this year, which is exciting, um, and producing a record later this summer. So, um, I'm also. Awesome. Hmm. getting ready to launch a new uh, uh, mission-minded community in LA called the Iron House. Uh, we'll be doing community yes. events and 
worship nights and big barbecues and master classes, um, all of which anyone is welcome to come to. That starts in July. So if you find me online, you can also find that. Um, And I also launched a life coaching business last year uh, that's going really well. So you can find that uh, under Find My Purpose Mm. Life Coaching, (laughs) ironically enough. and uh, if you're looking to get some help, we have a long roster of uh, coaches. So everything from acting, singing, to coaching, to community, man. Look me up. Reach out if you need anything. Um, and uh, this has been an absolute gift, gang. Kicking ass. Yeah. And real, real quick, you can find me at Josh Volcano on uh, Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. Yes, and you can find me on nice. You can find me on david.rdh on my Instagram and my TikTok, and you can find me on my music as yes. well under my synonym David yes. Hain. Um, so please give it a listen. And you can find the that. podcast um, on Instagram at Creationship Goals <laughs> on Instagram. Yeah, and Luke, if you know if you know anybody that you would. Uh, that you think would be a good fit that would have a good, as good a conversation as this was, please let us know uh, if there's anybody. Yeah. That we would really love that and appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Anybody yeah. with a good heart and a good creative mind. Mm-hmm. Reach yeah. out to me after. I got a couple yes. ideas already. Cool. Thanks, man. Oh, that's amazing. We will. This counts for everyone that is listening as well. If you have anyone that you think like, you know, that can be a part of this story, uh, that has a story to tell and that we can talk with and that is creative and maybe even loves Jesus. <laughs> you know, everyone is welcome. As crazy as they come, uh, let us know uh, through our Instagram, uh, again, on Creative Goals. Uh, and we would love to see you all yeah. back again on the next episode. Right. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.